The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the third chapter. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these things that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water, and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthy things, and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. The Christian faith is defined by what Luther termed the theology of the cross. This theology recognizes that being helpless and utterly dependent upon God is, in fact, necessary. Saving faith by way of the cross is to give up our pretensions of being self-sufficient, strong, and in control. One of the ironies of the theology of the cross is that the Christian life is seen as a hidden life. The common but incorrect understanding of a Christian life is that the Christian will be wonderful, perfect, and the visible manifestation of complete transformation. One misconception is that the Christian if they believe well, will not suffer. 
that God will grant healing and prosperity and success if only they will believe rightly. The reverse is often true. A faithful Christian may be filled with doubt and face all manner of trouble in this life. It is important to note that for the Christian, the conscience is free, but the body is simultaneously engaged in a continual battle against sin and evil. And in it all, the devil's goal is to get us to lose, lose sight of heaven's convergence to earth. The gospel for this morning presents us with such an internal conflict within Nicodemus. As a Pharisee, he was very educated. He had good standing in society. And based on historical evidence of Nicodemus, he was also incredibly wealthy. He was a man of power. And so he hears about all the signs and the miracles that Jesus had been doing, along with who Jesus said he is. And it was causing an internal struggle for him. The key to the discourse between Jesus and Nicodemus in John chapter 3 is Jesus' emphasis over and over of the divine and vertical dimension of the Lord's work among humanity. As often happens with people, it is the incarnational realities of the faith that get lost. Nicodemus did not understand baptism, nor did he understand the miracles. The nature of Christ's descent into the world gives shape to our theology. And this is most crisply seen in the Greek New Testament. When Jesus says to Nicodemus, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. This literally reads in Greek, Unless one is born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Jesus is emphasizing that the kingdom of God is not of this world. It is not merely a horizontal rendering of life. It seems that for all the learning and the study that Nicodemus underwent, he only understood the horizontal nature of goodness. And so, how he loved and how he lived was shaped by what he thought was good and holy. If God were far away and we were left to contend with things on our own, then the individual becomes the center of the sphere of life. One can imagine, with the power and prestige Nicodemus had, coupled with his disbelief in God's descent to earth, he was likely one who trusted in his own abilities and found comfort and consolation in whatever good he did as being sufficient for life. The trouble comes when we are the definers of what is good and holy. The theology of the cross 
strips us of this perspective. Suffering and hardship cause us to despair of ourselves and the kind of recourse this world offers for an ailing humanity. When we face our inability to climb out of our situations, then we turn our gaze in a different direction. This is precisely what Jesus contends with in John chapter 3. As Jesus talks about the vertical realities of one's life in baptism, Nicodemus remarks, how can these things be? And then Jesus responds by saying, if I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Then Jesus provides incarnational language. No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. On the one hand, Jesus is telling Nicodemus that one cannot understand the world, life, and love properly without the incarnational dimensions of faith, without the incarnational realities of Christ, Religion would be relegated to be simply a civic spirituality with individuals giving shape and definition to what is God and good and holy. And then as we would see, it would continually change. As Jesus is pointing out in this discourse, one must first look at him and observe his ways his teachings, his cross, in order to understand one's place in the world and God's kingdom. Most importantly, one must understand his or her inability to save the self. And so Jesus gives Nicodemus something he would know. The fiery serpents with the deadly venom which attacked and killed the Israelites. They were powerless, and they had to get to that point. The venom did not discriminate. It killed. The world and sin's effects have that harsh and indiscriminate character toward the human being. But God's mercy reached down from heaven as the bronze serpent on a pole was lifted up that everyone who had been bitten and looked upon the serpent and believed they would be healed through the word of God would in fact be healed. In the discourse, Jesus uses the serpent to draw Nicodemus and all of us to the crucifixion. Jesus being lifted up on the cross for all Whoever looks upon Christ crucified and believes that he will be healed by the serpent's deadly bite from the Garden of Eden are in fact healed. This is the antidote that leads us to see the kingdom of God rightly. And then the world begins to make sense. Your lives... And even your relationships with others now are seen in divine light. 
You are set free from the fears that accompany this life. The cross postures your lives in this world in a different way. To recognize that heaven comes to earth means that you find peace in the indwelling presence of Christ in your lives who fights for you. In baptism, in Eucharist, in the Holy Scriptures, Jesus frames who you are and how valuable you are to him. Jesus brings you forgiveness from heaven and strength and his divine protection and eternal life. Divine light comes down from heaven to dispel the darkness of evil. Nothing in this world, nor sin, nor death, can defeat you. Jesus comes from heaven to earth to take you into his arms as he carries you away from danger and into the presence of heaven's eternal peace and joy. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen.